Morgan here with Megan. Hi. And we are back and um, wanting to talk about Thanksgiving. Slash, let's be real, this is also going to get into Christmas talk initially. We're, we are going to have a Christmas podcast barring a sudden unexpected appearance from a, a new baby. But I feel like at this stage in the American culture, you can't talk about Thanksgiving without at least starting to get at Christmas. Uh, because of unfortunately the way things shape up and so that's actually going to be part of our conversation so what we kind of want to cover today is first just kind of how we have traditionally celebrated thanksgiving or some of the different things that we like to do with our families now at thanksgiving um and how we think about being thankful with our families um but then want to spend some time especially talking about how we help our kids and ourselves think about the season of Thanksgiving and um, like kind of all it symbolizes in the face of the fact that Christmas stuff like has been out since September and <laughs> I've already started hearing Christmas music in the stores and uh, yeah, Christmas is just kind of taking over November and December. Um, and October. And October and September, <laughs> if you shop at Costco like I do, we've been looking yes. at Christmas trees for about three mm -hmm. months now, um, which is great distraction for the kids. They always like to walk through all of the lights and stuff. But anyway, so yeah, so that's where we're going to get to. So uh, Megan, as always, I kind of want to start and defer to you since your kids are older and you've got more family traditions kind of going. How have you guys um, celebrated Thanksgiving and really especially thought about teaching your kids to be thankful or have a special attention to thankfulness at this time of year? Yeah. Um, well, one thing that we do, um, which this is going to make me very unpopular. So, um, still like me after I say this, but I am a holiday purist and I do not do any kind of Christmas until after Thanksgiving. We don't listen to Christmas music. We don't, put up any Christmas decorations. Um, and if my friends are listening to this, they're all wanting to disown me, but that is, that is how we do it at my house for, for the simple reason of, I really in, in our culture, we so often like to look at, okay, what's coming next? What's next? What's next? What's next? That we sacrifice the present. We sacrifice what is now. And for, for me, starting Christmas early makes me completely miss Thanksgiving, makes me completely miss the now and getting into the hustle and the bustle of the holidays, you know, or more specifically the Christmas holidays, um, you know, presents and all of that. Now, do I do early Christmas shopping? Of course. Do I wrap them? No, um, not yet. But I like my kids to try to focus because they want to tell me, okay, this is what I want for Christmas and this and this and this. And I was like, okay, guys, but that's for later. Right now in November, let's think about what we do have, not about what we want. Mm -hmm. You know, let's talk about why we celebrate Thanksgiving. So I go over the historical aspect of that being a history teacher. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my, my kids are bombarded with history, whether they like it or not. Thankfully, they all seem very into history. So we go over the historical um, history of it, but we also, every night at dinner, we do what we call highs and lows. What what was good? Um, what was our best thing that happened in the day? What was the thing that we didn't like so much? Um, 
what are we looking forward to? And then we've added, what are you thankful for? And that goes along with an activity that we're doing with our children's ministry at church, the thankful pumpkin, where you get a pumpkin fake or real. Um, we use a fake pumpkin and every night everybody goes around. And when we say what we're thankful for, we write it on the pumpkin. And we started this tradition at our church uh, back in 2021 and my family has done it every year. And so I've saved those pumpkins. And so now going on our third year, we can look back and see what my kids were thankful for um, when they were two, four, and six, you know, and now at four, six, and eight, just what has changed? What are we still thankful for? What's on both pumpkins? Why is it on both pumpkins? Well, God really has blessed us with that, you know, and we really try to stop and think about what God has blessed us with. And not only that, but what can we then do with the blessing he's given us? How can we pay that forward? Um, and then that's kind of leads us into our December activity, which I try to make them focus on then taking everything we've been thankful for and paying that forward in the month of December by doing acts of service and kindness and, and things like that. So um, yeah, so November, we try really hard. And again, they're little, so Sometimes it feels like an uphill battle of, mm -hmm. you know, trying not to raise entitled children, children who just have the gimmies. And I pull out the Berenstain Bears, get the gimmies many times um, <laughs> around this time of year. Um, but just trying to instill a mindfulness of what can we be thankful for today? Even if you feel like you had a terrible day, mm -hmm. there is always something that you can be thankful for. Um, my middle, my middle child, he has, he, he's my eater. He, he loves food. Um, it's funny because he's the skinniest of all of my kids and we've had problems putting weight on him, but he is always thankful for, he'll look at his plate and he'll name something that he's eating that he's thankful for. So the thankful pumpkin is surrounded with food <laughs> and most of those are from Gillian, but I digress anyway. But yeah, that's kind of an, in a nutshell, what we try to do to keep them focused on, on what we do have and not just what we want and what we're looking forward to. And, but what do we have? What, mm -hmm. what have we been blessed with, mm -hmm. you know, no matter what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So we do, since we go to the same church, we do the pumpkin as well. I am, did not save our pumpkin from last year, partially because Nora drew all over it. So you couldn't read half of it. Um, in retrospect, I kind of wish I'd taken pictures of some of the stuff before I had thrown the pumpkin away. Another activity I actually saw on Instagram from an account I follow, um, which I can try and link to in the show notes. Instagram links are weird sometimes, but it might be also on our website. It's the Busy Toddler account. But they, she has a um, a thing where you do the, the grateful turkey or thankful turkey or something like that, where you have a paper turkey. Mm -hmm. And then each day you put up, you, you basically cut out a shape a bunch of feather shapes and then each day you write something that you're thankful for as one of the tail feathers and then like throughout the month you're you know decorating the oh, wall I love that. with uh tails um tail feathers of different things so, so so a similar idea if depending on your house situation and if you're like if i did that with Nora, i think she would go nuts because she loves putting art on the walls she loves the pumpkin too mm -hmm. so i think either one would be fine um but yeah, so either one of those are good options. And it's been kind of nice because um, I've been a little bit more neglectful this year about remembering to talk about it, although we're getting into the habit more this week. So it should hopefully be good for the rest of the month, knock on wood. But 
um, a lot of times our neighbor, one of the neighbor kids is over for dinner, probably a good 50 to 60% of the time of the week. And she's been participating in writing down things on there uh, too, which is really fun because then I think it kind of trickles back into their house a little bit. And we talk about Thanksgiving more than Christmas sometimes, although inevitably Christmas talk has already started. But <laughs> um, but yeah, I I laugh because I'm, I'm I I wouldn't call myself a full purist at this point. I am traditionally in most normal years. I do want Christmas stuff to be like like we put our tree up and stuff like Thanksgiving weekend after Thanksgiving and all that stuff. Uh, this year I'll probably put thing. I'm debating about putting things up a little earlier just because I don't know when this baby's going to come and it's going to throw our holiday season in general. And actually the last couple of years I've put our outside lights up a little early cause it gets dark so early. And mm. I just, I personally need a little light to make things happy, but I save like the wreath and the garland and stuff. And for after, like, I might actually put their Christmas lights up the weekend before Thanksgiving this coming weekend, partially also this year because I can still move and put the lights up. And since it's my my project, I put the lights up. Um, And to be clear, like we just put it on our porch and I'm tall enough that I need to only go up one step on the step ladder. So like, this is not going to be like a eight month pregnant woman, you know, up on the second story floor or anything. It's just like clipping it into our little covered porch area. So it's nothing huge before anyone comes after me for safety. Yeah, I was going to say that's a good disclaimer so that our listeners aren't uh <laughs> and Josh for Josh would do it if I asked him like let's be clear but I just I in in, in our marriage I didn't I actually generally do all of the outdoor things uh mostly because Josh is extremely allergic to grass and so it would make him miserable to do all the lawn care stuff. So I do that and that kind of naturally translates into all the other outdoor stuff because I like it and I want to do it and it makes me happy. So, um, so yes, not to say that he wouldn't do it. It's just that I just do it. Um, but yeah, so we might be doing that a little early, but in general, I try and save Christmas music till after Thanksgiving, although I was sorely tempted today, but I didn't, um, Way I like to, to stay do, strong. Yeah, no, Way I, to stay strong. I like to do Christmas music on my own turn. So sometimes I'll do a little bit of mm-hmm. instrumental, like if it's just me working. But yeah, anyway. But yeah, no, I, I've i been thinking a lot more about this, obviously, with kids than I think I ever really did even before. Because I was reflecting on this. I think, well, part of it is, so I grew up in farm community. So Thanksgiving is always like a very natural like time to celebrate because like it it's a, a period of like November is a big period of transition for, you know, farming communities in general, like especially in the northern parts, like in Montana, where it's, you know, usually snowed by then or at least cold enough, like nothing's growing. It's pre-calving season, at least it was for our farm and family. So it's like November is kind of like one of the quiet months, quote unquote. Um and so there's a lot of time to just be, you know, you're wrapping things up, getting all of the gear, like any maintenance on your equipment ready for the next year. And it's just kind of naturally a time to reflect and look back and be grateful for like either if you had a really good harvest or to be thinking about how God has provided, even if the harvest wasn't great. Um, seeing things like that, we have a lot of, you know, like the harvest festival and all those kind of like fall activities. But it's like you start thinking about it in a little different way when you are directly involved in harvest. And I feel like that's part of the reason why there's can be so much disconnect for Thanksgiving is like when, like now I don't, I don't 
live on a farm. I don't really interact with the farm community here in Maryland or anything. So it's like, I just go to the grocery store and get stuff. I don't think about, you know, other than seasonally available apples and how they taste better or worse or, you know, different fruit like that. Like I don't really think about harvest time as much as I used to. And that has created like a stronger disconnect than I anticipated in thinking about Thanksgiving. Um, so I think that's just something where it's like, I don't know the solution for maintaining conscientiousness for that. But um, I think the other thing that kind of gets me with Thanksgiving um, and kind of a disconnect, and this is more just a personal habit, but I grew up having church on Thanksgiving every year. Like our church always has a Thanksgiving service and ever that's the only church I've been to that has done a Thanksgiving service. So basically since I left for college, there's not really been a Thanksgiving day service. And so it's like, like, yeah, I mean, we do, you know, special services on Christmas and stuff. So it's not like it's unusual, but it's like, I don't know, there was just that extra added, like, here's a time. Um, we always had, um, I, I'm assuming they still do it, although it's been a long time since we've been home for Thanksgiving. Um, I guess I can't, I can't remember when, if they did it when we were home, because I think we were home for Thanksgiving when Nora was a tiny baby. But they, we would always have, they have basically like an old dead tree and they would give out paper leaves and then kids like in the church, you know, everyone, kids and adults and stuff would um, write down something that they were thankful for from the year. And that with these leaves had like little pieces of yarn. And so then uh, usually during like offertory or like a special music time with Count Your Blessings, him playing in the background like all the kids would come up with all these leaves from their families and stuff and like hang all these leaves on this tree so what would be this dead tree is now this like beautiful fall paper leaf collection of all of the things that people in the church were grateful for and so that was kind of like this visual symbol of like bringing this dead tree to life in a way oh, i love that um and it was always really fun um as an adult who now knows all of the the trials and tribulations of cooking Thanksgiving dinner, I can see the appeal to not having church on at 10 a.m. on Thanksgiving yeah. day. Um, but it was there, there was something kind of special about really actually having an intentional service time that was talking about Thanksgiving. Um, and so it's kind of like for me now as an adult, like how do I think about being thankful? when I don't have some of those like natural things in my own childhood that kind of like inherently ingrained that in me. And that's not going to be something that my kids have likely because unless something changes, like we're going to be here for the foreseeable future. We're not going to be on a farm. <laughs> we're not, um, I don't think DRCC has any plans for adding a Thanksgiving service. Like, you know, so it's like, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just kind of like thinking through ways. And that's where like having the thankful pumpkin from Kids Church has been really helpful for us as a like a touch point. So I definitely encourage anyone who's kind of struggling to think about Thanksgiving. Like that's a really good t starting point for kids because it's just the visual reminder that's mm -hmm. on the table. Last year, I think our, we left our pumpkin on our table until like February, which was about the time that Nora started coloring all over it. Um, so it feasibly could have been on our you know, table all year. Yeah. Um, it's really nice, um, too, with the pumpkin, it, you use it as a centerpiece on Thanksgiving and at mm -hmm. Thanksgiving dinner, you can like look back and look at all the things that you've been thankful for over the month. And if you have family coming over, 
they can then see that and that starts this whole conversation. Mm -hmm. It's a big conversation piece. Or if you go somewhere, you can bring it with you and then just ask whoever's hosting, would you mind if I put this, you know, it doesn't have to be the centerpiece, but could I put this on a, on the sidebar table or something? Mm -hmm. Um, And it just makes a great, it's a great visual. And it's, it's really great at starting these thankful conversations of really making that a focus. And it's so simple. Mm -hmm. It's such Mm -hmm. a simple concept that even the littles can, you know, can be like, Oh, I want to write something on, you know, I Mm -hmm. want you to write something for me on the pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think too, the idea of like, because we do something similar where when we, since we're still at a stage where we can have family dinner together pretty much every night and we do, we kind of do right now for us, it's just like a, the, how was your day question? I think eventually as they, we get a little older, we'll transition into the highs and lows mostly because the, how was your day is we can't remember what we did in the last hour. Any one of us <laughs> at, of any age at the table, hardly. So it's like, what was the highlight of the day? Uh, eating this food I like Killian. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, things like that. But I think having, there's there's two kind of elements to this thankfulness bit right like it's taking the special time at this time of year when we have this holiday that's kind of built in to celebrate being thankful being celebrating whatever level of abundance we have celebrating family friends you know friends who are family things like that um but then there's also the idea of like how do you incorporate gratitude into your everyday living Mm -hmm. and i think that I think that to me, I think that has become more of my focus than even, I, I'd like to say that it would help combat some of the Christmas stuff um, and the kind of the wanting things. But I also am like, there's something to be said about the anticipation of things like Christmas, right? Like you can, mm-hmm. you can use that in ways and we'll probably get into this more into the, to the Christmas conversation itself. But I mean, that's kind of the whole point of the Advent season, which like, most evangelical churches non-denominational churches don't really celebrate to its fullest extent so that's a whole other celebration but there's like a a thing about or a whole other conversation i mean but it's a it's a thing about waiting right and there's i think trying to think of how to word this one of i think one of the reasons at least for me why i have a hard time being thankful sometimes is because I'm so busy thinking about the waiting. Um, and I think this is pretty natural, especially for moms, but whoever, whoever is the primary caregiver and like manager of the household, I was like, you kind of like, like say you try and keep the holiday to the holiday, but at the same time, you're like, okay, I got to make sure I have ho- costumes for the kids for Halloween. And do we have enough candy? And then Thanksgiving comes like, okay, I got to start thinking about the Thanksgiving dinner whether I'm making it or bringing something or going somewhere else thinking about holidays. Okay. So what is that going to be our budget for presents? What presents are we going to buy? Like who all do we need to shop for outside our family? If anyone, mm-hmm. like, like you start going through all this preparation yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're like me, like I'm the kind of person who I think about this stuff constantly in my head and I still end up being late buying Christmas presents sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this year, I, I I need to get it done by Thanksgiving just to make sure that we have stuff on hand in case I go yeah. into labor and things change. So I guess points for Christmas present nesting shopping um, <laughs> or something. Um, but yeah, it's, and it's so it's like there's always this sense of like the anticipation, the waiting, the planning that kind of drives out 
some of that ability almost for me to be thankful because I'm so busy thinking about all the things I need to do to make the holiday be what it is, I guess, if that makes sense. And it's like, and that makes it sound like it's all on my shoulders. It's not because I live near my mother-in-law and she's always a gracious host. And so she's like, like I, we bring stuff, but like, I'm never the one that has to like plan up the whole meal. So I, I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. So like even my level of planning is minimal compared to what some other people do. But, and that's not even to get into like dealing with family dynamics that may or may not be occurring at the holiday season, which is a whole other kettle of fish. <laughs> um, but I think that's where for us as grownups, especially it's like finding ways to recognize that and be intentional and take the time to actually like sit down. That's why it's like, I mean, this is kind of the theme of this podcast. Like we're thinking about how to, to instill these things in our children but really we need to think about it for us because we're we're the models for the kids and so it's like if we're not doing it and not thinking about it or not giving ourselves grace and space to think about it then how are we going to be able to do that for our kids and model it well and make it be something that's authentically like genuine to who we are versus like this is just a thing we do every year and it doesn't it doesn't mean as much because there's definitely those kinds of traditions too Mm -hmm. yeah I also wanted to um, circle back a little bit to what you were saying when you were talking about celebrating the harvest, um, celebrating if you have a good harvest, but then also being thankful that, you know, God provided even if the harvest wasn't good. And I feel it's important to point out that Thanksgiving, you know, thinking about all the things you're thankful for is really easy when the harvest is good, when Mm -hmm. life is good, when there aren't a lot of... um, trials and tribulations that we're going through, but the holidays can also be a very hard time. Like it Mm -hmm. can also be a very painful time. It can be a time, you know, whether it's financial burdens or family burdens, you know, emotional burdens. Um, Thanksgiving always was one of my favorite holidays of the year, specifically because it was the one holiday that my whole family was together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the holiday that we all went home for. Um, you know, we have, when we all got, before we got married, we would, we would all be together. But after, you know, my siblings and I all got married, we have in-laws, you know, we have to share time with, you know, different, different in-laws. And so my oldest brother would go to his, you know, would spend Christmas with his in-laws and Thanksgiving with us. And so Thanksgiving was the holiday where, both of my brothers, my sister, their spouses, kids, my parents, we were all together at my mom's house and it was, it was wonderful. I just loved it. And then I don't remember, I think I've mentioned this on the pod before, but about three years ago, my mom passed away and she was my best friend. She, I talked to her daily. She was just such an important, important person to me. And the holidays equaled spending time with my mom. Like I got to have all this time with her, cooking with her, which was one of my favorite things to do on the planet. And then losing her, holidays, you know, they hit differently now. Mm -hmm. And let me just say that Thanksgiving of 2020 was very hard to find anything to be thankful for. Um, And then fast forward a year, we then lost my husband's mother, my mother-in-law, a year later. And so finding something to be thankful for the Thanksgiving of 2021 was also very difficult. Um, But I had Rory specifically who watched us 
through both of those Thanksgivings and every Thanksgiving since, and just every day since he's very, from, you know, from what you guys, um, hopefully you guys are getting to know my, my boy through this podcast and all of my Rory stories, but he is very observant. He's very emotionally aware. He picks up on everything. And so my husband and I had to work really hard to be real, be authentic, but also show him how to be thankful, even through tears, even through tragedy. You know, we had to talk to him about, he's like, mommy, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're crying. So what, what, do, what are you going to write on the thankful pumpkin? Like you're so sad. And we had to have those hard conversations that, yeah, I'm very sad. And it breaks my heart that I will never go to my mom's house to spend Thanksgiving with her again. Not, you know, my whole family will never be together again because she, you know, on this side of heaven anyway, and that breaks mommy's heart. And that Thanksgiving is, is different now, but God also blessed me with a very loving and a very supportive husband who even after his own mom passed still was putting me first and my grief and allowing me to grieve, even though, you know, he was going through something similar and God blessed me with three children, um, doctors. And again, this is a, this is a side, not, not a conversation for now, but doctors once told me I couldn't have kids and I have three beautiful children sleeping upstairs, you know? So even though there's pain, even though there's really hard times and really sad times, there is still beauty that you can find. There is still blessing you can find even when those holidays hit differently, even when I will be, I'm sure I'll be crying at some point on Thanksgiving. Uh, this is the first time I'm hosting. This is the first time I'm actually preparing Thanksgiving dinner because that was always my mom. Mm -hmm. And then after she passed, um, we would go to my sister-in-law's house. But this year, my oldest brother was like, I, I want to be with you. I want to spend Thanksgiving with you. Um, and so he's, he and his family are coming down to our house and I, I am hosting, I am making my mom's recipes. I am so grateful that I was able to watch her all those years and watch how she did it and wrote down all of the recipes. Cause my mom was like, Oh, add a pinch here, add a little bit of there. The and I'm sitting there with my notebook, trying to take copious notes because little did I know that someday would come much sooner than I thought, but it's those things that I can be grateful for. I can make my mom stuffing and take a bite. And she's right there with me. Like just the memories come flooding back. And even though she's not with me and that is heartbreaking, I can still be thankful for the memories I have and, and the blessings that she gives me, even though she's gone, even though mm -hmm. she's in heaven now, she still blesses my life just having been in it. And so for those of you who are going through a hard time for Thanksgiving, you know, for our listeners who Thanksgiving may hit differently this year because of whatever is going on, it's very important that we teach our children that it's okay to be sad. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to, you know, be concerned. And, you know, we, we worry about things that's natural, that's human, but we still need to try to find the beauty and something to be thankful for something to be grateful for the blessing. There's blessing somewhere. And I, I just really want to encourage all of us to just find it because our kids are watching mm -hmm. no matter how little they are, they're watching. And if we, if something is hard, they need to see that we can get through it 
with our eyes on Jesus, with a thankful song in our heart. And I keep thinking of David when he was going through some of the worst points of his life. He wrote some of the most beautiful Psalms, you know, some of the most gratitude filled, raw, very emotional, but also grateful and, and God focused Psalms. Um, and that's just something that I feel like we all need to, to remember and try to share that mm-hmm. with, with our kids, even, even through the, the low harvest times where things are just a little harder. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to, this is another one. I'll have to see if I can find the clip because I've just seen it like on Instagram and Facebook. I'm sure if I Google, I find out, but there is a clip that I've seen circulate a few different times. Um, I think it's of Andrew Garfield, the actor who was talking on some talk show, but he was, he, they got into talking about grief because he had lost his mom. I think right before like all of the Spider-Man stuff came Mm -hmm. out that he was in. Um, and I'm very quoting, paraphrasing here because it's not a direct quote, but that his, the idea was because he kind of got choked up and was talking about his mom. And he's like, I don't want this to stop because it's a sign of love unexpressed to her. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's what grief is, yeah. is that's a, it's a sign of love, a lot of mixed feelings sometimes too, but like that love unexpressed. And so I think that's where, not that we want to be grateful for sad things but there is that kind of like especially as it's hard when grief is raw um to see it and i don't know if we should be expected to see it but Mm -hmm. um but that idea of like even the grief is a sign of like the love that we have to be thankful for that Mm -hmm. that was someone that we cared about that much yeah um and i think too on the on a the other thing i was thinking about as you were talking is how this might be something that ends up kind of coming around in conversation again with Christmas. Cause I think this especially is uh, potent at Christmas, but this yeah. idea that we have to put on a facade for our kids, if things are hard, because yes. we naturally want to protect them when things are hard. And there is a time and a place for that. Right. Um, but I, this is, this is partially a, uh, a virtue of being on a, a farm and so my experience is a lot different than what other people have to deal with with struggling but my parents until my mom started working um we lived on a farmer's very very small farmer's salary which <laughs> means not always a lot um and i i know n- more now as an adult and talking with my mom about some of those times of like how tight a budget how things where like it's just like there's a lot of stories about how much financial stress my family was in for a long time and yet I never knew it partially because again virtue of living in farm country you always had a a chest freezer full of meat because that was part of my dad's pay for the ranch and then we also always had easy access to lots of potatoes because lots of potatoes in the Gallatin Valley area so it's like we always had really good food and meals and I know that's not always the case for a lot of people who are dealing with financial insecurity but like when you have things like that and you're just showing love to your kids in whatever way you can um this is where i think it's kind of a a double-edged sword a little bit of this thing about gratitude right because if you are modeling a spirit of gratitude for all things in both plenty and in want as paul says then it's easier for 
you to be able to trying to say this tactfully because I don't want to meet like definitely not implying anything but it's like it's easier for your kids to accept the limitations that you might have about something and especially when we get into like Christmas wish lists and I this is also a lot harder I think in the days of social media where it's a lot easier to compare what we have than even when we had kids growing up as growing up and like what did you get for Christmas and what did you get for Christmas and and seeing the disparities there because I definitely felt that growing up and that was way before the age of Instagram and social media Mm -hmm. um and so that's its own problems too but there's this idea of like my parents are doing the best that they can for me and those things where you yes you try and like put on a good strong face for them but also let them in to those times where and or if they quote unquote catch you but like if they catch you out struggling then being like yeah you know adults struggle too like this this is this is normal to have emotions this is normal like things are not great for us right now but you know what that's okay because we still have plenty to be thankful for because we've got you our kid like we have our love for each other we've got you know there's things that we can try and highlight and to do so in a way that it's like it doesn't make this situation that we're in any easier but it does give a different light to it Mm -hmm. i think um yeah and there are times when i will you know pray and my kid like out loud my children will hear me and i will be honest and i'll be like lord i am not feeling very thankful right now it has been a really rough day I am not feeling grateful, but thank you anyway. Thank you for today. Thank you for, you know, my family. Thank you for, um, you know, just whatever it is. And because they need to know that even if you don't feel it, we still need to speak it. We still need to be grateful. We still need to, you know, um, and the, and, Killian took that very literally because I made something he did not like for dinner um, shortly thereafter that conversation. And he said, mommy, thank you for the asparagus. I don't feel it, but thank you for the asparagus. (laughs) And that was one of those moments where it took every fiber in my being not to burst out laughing because he was being dead serious. But internally I thought, oh, mom win something stuck you know you be grateful even if it's asparagus and that was good asparagus by the way I don't know what he's talking about but um but yeah just that model you know what you were saying just modeling it and it's okay to tell them I don't feel grateful all the time I have a bad attitude Mm -hmm. sometimes and I don't think God like I should you know, I am human. I have very bad days. There are days when I'm just like, oh my gosh. Okay. Nobody talked to me. Nobody touched me. Mommy needs a timeout. I need, I, I just need all sensory input to just go away. And those are not moments when I'm really grateful for my sweet loving family. But I, one thing that I've really been trying to do, especially this year um, is trying to 
stop in those moments and say, Lord, I don't feel this prayer, but it's still true that thank you for this Mm -hmm. and help me to have a better attitude, you know, help what I know in my head to make its way down to my heart. Um, so that not only can I thank you, but I can be grateful as Mm -hmm. well. You know, um, it's going to take a while for Killian to be grateful for that asparagus. But (laughs) Well, and I think, I mean, it kind of gets, always joke about the you know the fruits of the spirit and Mm -hmm. gratitude is technically not one of them but like if you're praying for something like if you pray for patience or you pray for Mm -hmm. love the way you get that more often than not nine nine point nine times out of ten is not that you suddenly feel a magical feeling of love and patience you are put in situations where you feel the opposite of that and then you are faced with that choice and i think gratitude is the same way where it's like especially like the more you pray for it the more satan's gonna be like here's some ways to test like kind of push back against because Mm. that's a thing and then it's like oh wait i'm supposed to be thinking about what i'm thankful for this time of year and that's where i mean we could go off on a tangent and i'm gonna try not to too long because we're getting close to the end of our time but i i mean there's there's something to be said about the spiritual darkness that comes from the the commerciality of christmas budding now into thanksgiving and like how it has changed the whole tone of christmas season in general and how mm-hmm. it makes christmas the focus and not easter on the calendar um because it can really suck our hearts and minds into com- the comparison like all of the things that trip us up so easily as fallen humans of like pride envy gluttony like just yeah. go down the list of sins um and so there's something to be said to that too about like they're like, like it's more than just like the market forces like there are other things that drive that too and that's where it's like the more you want to try and cultivate an attitude of gratitude as it were like the more you are going to find ways that you're have been pushed back whether it's from internally externally outside from your own kids from your spouse like whether they realize it or not unintentional or like meanly or not you know it's like there's gonna be more of that and i think also going in with eyes open to that is also kind of helpful to think about because it is it's like i think so much about at least the way i think about parenting approaching parenting is like wanting to that that struggle of like wanting to protect our kids from everything but also being like like this is how it is and we struggle with it too and the more that our kids recognize how human we are and how much we struggle with some things sometimes the more it can be a a good conversation starter for one especially if your kids are old enough to really kind Mm -hmm. of grasp some of those concepts but then also to be like an encouragement to be like this is what it means to be a christ follower and it's not as the easy way in some ways and yet it's super easy because at least we have something to fall back on if we you know like we're gonna fail but we can look to the example of jesus we can look to stories in the bible of good examples and bad examples Mm -hmm. and and advice there um and our community our church of fellow believers as a whole and like have that network um yeah well said 
Okay, I feel like it's a good note to end on, but I actually want to end on maybe the most important discussion of this whole conversation. What is your favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Because, like, let's be real, turkey, I could take or leave. Like, for me, Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. the Thanksgiving dinner is all about the side dishes. So, favorite side dish. And, Megan, I know this might be hard for you because you're, you've got a good <laughs> – You've got good cook background, your mom cooking background. But if you're like, okay, if I had to just pick one thing off of that table that I could eat and they told me that that was the only thing I was allowed, what would be your thing? Um, I think probably purely for, if only purely for nostalgia purposes, even though it's amazing, it would be my mom's stuffing. It is the epitome of, of Thanksgiving for me. And when I was in college, she would always slip me 90% of the leftover stuffing mm -hmm. um, to take back to college with me because it was just the one thing that I pour a little gravy on it. Oh, so good. And my siblings got to a point where they were like, eh, it's stuffing. We can take it or leave it. I was like, don't you dare. Don't you dare. And so my mom would make it just specifically because I asked her to. I'm, so an, I think, I'm an adult convert to stuffing. I never really yeah. liked it growing up. Yeah. Well, my mom makes it so differently than anybody else does. It's not, I don't know. It, it's, it's very simple, very simple flavors, but, oh, so good. And it's, it, it is reminiscent of, of my mom. So yeah, I, I would have to go stuffing. How about you? Uh, potatoes. Usually I grew up in a potato community as it were. So mm -hmm. potatoes are always a kind of a big thing, but I think specifically, this has been more of a recent variation on it, but I, I mean, I love mashed potatoes or like cheesy hash brown. Like I could take most any potato version you give me, mm -hmm. but, um, in more recent years we've had, um, in my mom's family and an extended friend network, there's a twice, I'm going to mess up the name of it now, but it basically a twice baked potato mashed hash mashed potato casserole where oh, it's like twice baked potatoes are amazing yeah so it's like a mashed potato version of that where it's like you have like with ranch it's got like ranch seasoning bacon bits cheese like all of like kind of like a baked potato but mashed potato casserole format kind of like just... a twice baked potato meets a loaded potato basically kind of wow yeah. you can kind of make your own part of it is, is you can customize it to what add what you want in there too gotcha but yeah and it's just it's nice too because it's like literally mashed potatoes in a casserole pan so it's easier to transport and reheat and all that good stuff oh, it's so good are we I'm making like, everybody listening hungry if you need ideas for side i i don't know if we're gonna have it at our the saturday thanksgiving this year but my mom's coming out to visit at christmas and so if we haven't had it before then uh because i think i'm going to be in charge of making the cheesecake for thanksgiving dessert and i don't know if i'll have the energy i'll have the i'll have the will but i don't know if i'll have the energy to do both the cheesecake and the the mashed potatoes but otherwise uh i'm planning to make my mom make me the the casserole and then i can just have that be the 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 initial breastfeeding carb black hole that is your stomach nice. um that will probably be my go-to food because i i love ham i'm a much more of a ham i'm like i all in on christmas ham over thanksgiving turkey if i had to pick a choice um and so i'm like ham with that cast potato casserole is like so good um but anyway but it's also just good just on its own um mm -hmm. 
And then also, I feel like I have to do a shout out to the rolls, but yeah, rolls, I was debating on that one too. The rolls are amazing. You kind of have to like, you got to have a good, you got to have a good roll. Mm-hmm. We always are one of my favorite things about Thanksgiving because that was usually the time we had a lot of the Fettis family cousin get together was usually on Thanksgiving um, and stuff. But we do kind of the thing where you hang out at grandma's all day or whoever hosting all day. And we did this for most major holidays, like especially Thanksgiving and Christmas. But it's like you have your big meal at lunch. We always were like, I don't know if this is an East Coast thing or just not a Montana thing. But like when I came out here and so many people were like, oh, yeah, we don't have our big dinner until like 4 or 5 p.m. And I was like, what? What is this? I want to eat at noon. Like, where is my life? But we would always have like, you know, the big meal at like noon or one o'clock and then just kind of like eat snacks or leftovers throughout the day and then leftovers on buns, like usually my grandma's Mm. rolls or now my mom's rolls. Um, And so you'd have like your turkey or your ham or whatever, depending on the holiday. And then you could top it with some cranberry sauce and turkey and a roll or you could, you know, and make Mm -hmm. sandwiches with the bun, extra buns and stuff and have your leftovers that way. It was always so good. Mm. all right now that we've made everyone hungry hopefully you can eat some food or go enjoy thanksgiving uh however you are cooking or preparing it or partaking in it uh i know some people who like to get restaurant stuff and i'm like hey makes cleanup on your end a lot easier that's for sure (laughs) apparently apparently some texas roadhouse locations you can buy the the buns and from the freezer and then take them home and bake them A friend of mine bought rolls from Texas Roadhouse and then wasn't sure on the uh, instructions. And so she texts me and she goes, you bake. What does it mean to let rise to double? (laughs) So So apparently they do take a little extra work. (laughs) They do take a little bit of extra work. But apparently they turned out well. I haven't been to a Texas Roadhouse in probably a decade, but sometimes I'm tempted just to go for the rolls and the honey butter because, yeah. I had never had it, um, but after my friend was just talking them up so much, uh, my husband and I went on a date night recently just just because I had to see, just because I had to try them. And yeah, they were pretty good. Then, of course, in true Megan fashion, I went home and made my own version. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure there's lots of copycat ones on the web that I will probably try at some point because I've been on a years-long quest now of like how to make the perfect dinner roll and i'm like at some at some point you're kind of like i've had like five rolls that are all really really good so like Mm -hmm. you can't really go wrong with any of these but you're kind of like but there must be one more it's like the holy grail of dinner roll recipes. yes (laughs) i have not found it yet so if you have a uh listener have a holy grail of dinner roll recipes that you are willing to share and is not going to cause like civil war within your family (laughs) to to share this recipe sent megan and i are both bakers Although I think Megan's doing more baking than I am these days. But uh, <laughs> send them our way because we would love to give them a try. Yeah. And as always, if you liked this episode, share it with some people who you think might benefit from it. Leave a review if you think about it. Um, and uh, yeah, I feel like I'm forgetting the whole spiel. But, you know, it's a spiel. Hope you'll tune in um, to our Christmas conversation, which we're going to try and send out in a couple weeks again knock on wood that baby doesn't suddenly come very early i should i feel like i should make clear that for listeners like our due date is december 20 i have never been early i've always been late so in theory there should be 
knock on wood, but I've never had a podcast baby to, to think about before as I'm preparing to birth a real baby. So, and though I am not expecting a baby, my little sister is expecting a baby in the next couple of weeks. So oh, yeah, that's true. We that's will. True. Yeah. yeah so. She's due a couple of weeks before you. So we will try to get this Christmas episode in somewhere in between all the babies. Yes. Probably right after Thanksgiving, try and get a couple of episodes in the can so that we have some for the new year as well, but not on my postpartum brain because that could be a whole hot take in and of itself but uh make for interesting discussions <laughs> oh goodness oh goodness all right well thank you again um oh yes if you want to reach out to us with the holy grail dinner roll recipe or any other feedback or comments or questions you can email us at faith like a child pod pod faith like a child pod at gmail.com um, and otherwise, we'll talk to you again next time. Bye. Bye.